Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution, a show dedicated to helping you actually live the life that you love. I'm your host, Amrit Sandhu, international speaker, global coach, and loving podcaster. As a gift for tuning into this podcast, I have something really special just for you. My premium short course, which can teach you how to meditate in just seven days. You can download it now at www.inspiredevolution.com forward slash learn. That's www.inspiredevolution.com forward slash learn. Learn how to meditate in just seven days. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this powerfully insightful conversation. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of the latest episodes launching every Monday designed to help you live the life you love and keep you inspired to evolve. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution and it is an absolute, it's a treat and it's an honor to be here today. We have with us John Asaraf. John, how are you? I'm doing so well. Thank you for having me. And uh, you took me by surprise, a little bit of a shock as we were talking. <laughs> <laughs> so calm and so like composed and all of a sudden hear this screaming. I thought maybe somebody hit you across the head. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just me hitting myself across the head, just waking myself up. <laughs> um, for those tuning into John for the first time, let me quickly do the honors. This does not by any means encompass everything that he's up to, but there is just so much that is rich and ripe in John's space. He's built five multi-million dollar companies. He's written two New York Times best-selling books. He's featured in eight movies, including the one that we all love, The Secret, and The Quest for Success with people such as Richard Branson and the Dalai Lama. 
Dude, today he's the founder of the, and the CEO of NeuroGym, and the company is dedicated to using the most advanced technologies and evidence-based brain training methods to help individuals such as yourself and myself unleash our fullest potential and maximize our results. He recently wrote a new best-selling book called Inner Size, right? And it's the science unlocking the brain's hidden power, helping people recognize and release mental and emotional blocks that prevent us from achieving life's biggest goals and dreams. And I hope we get to talk a little bit about that today. Thank you so much for being here it's so great to be here and thanks for the uh, wonderful intro uh always here to, to yeah not like easy <laughs> no, I, I still don't think that does you justice man no, i really don't think that does you justice okay. um one of the things that comes up for me is you know you know you, you featured on the secret and there's this this conversation around the law of attraction and we can totally attract and call things into our life and i believe in that but there's also this conversation around the law of Goya. What is the law of Goya, John? <laughs> so in the movie, The Secret, the premise of the whole movie, you know, that uh, started off with, you know, Rhonda uh, Byrne reading, you know, Wallace Waddle's work back in the, you know, probably 50s and 60s. And then Napoleon Hill's book, um, you know, about um, uh, we become what we think about most. And, um, you know, the world around the law of attraction, a lot of people misunderstand the law of attraction to think that there's some kind of magnetic field or, or force that gets attracted to you when you have certain thoughts. Mm -hmm. And if that was true, then every time you thought of an elephant or every time you thought of an oak tree, it would manifest in your living room if that's where you were standing <laughs> And so it doesn't really work like that. But even when we talk about the law of attraction, the last six letters of the word attraction is action. Mm. And most people don't understand that with the law of attraction, there's something that you know I learned uh, 40 years ago called the law of Goya. And mm. uh, it's the get off your ass law. <laughs> and and uh, it's not just get off your ass, right? Um, we all know that there's a, a, the world of quantum physics and quantum mechanics, the world of the unseen, mm -hmm. and then there's the world of the seen, our physical world. Mm -hmm. And we have laws that govern the physical world, mm -hmm. gravity, you know, for example, being one, but there's also laws of the unseen world. We're learning things about the quantum field. Um, but specifically the law of Goya around get off your ass in the physical world, when we get into action and we do the right things mm -hmm. in the right order at the right time, mm -hmm. there seems to be this effect that appears like it's magic. Mm -hmm. uh, and yes, maybe it starts off with having the right thoughts. And yes, maybe it continues with having the right emotions, um, but it continues to having the right behaviors. Mm. as well. So, you know, I can give you, you know, this Rubik's Cube. And if you don't know the algorithms of how to solve it or how to even think about solving it, mm. you can literally spend a million years just with all of the possible combinations and moves you can make with a three by three by three Rubik's Cube. Mm. You want a more complex one? Go mm. for that one. You want a more complex one? solve that one. You want a more mm. complex one? Solve that one, right? Mm. Now, why do I start there? I start there because there are certain behaviors mm -hmm. that are irrefutable and they will work every time. Mm -hmm. And Rubik's cubes, you know, whether it's two by two, right? 
um, or more complex ones, um, there are certain patterns that when you understand the pattern, hmm. you can not only solve, you know, the two by two or the ones that divide, you know, into, you know, uh, different geometric shapes that you can then, you know, reconfigure and then put back together. Hmm. When you understand the pattern of how things work in the physical world, then you can actually achieve greater success. And as you do it, mm -hmm. you happen to find other people that like Rubik's Cubes. Then they show you how to do it faster and easier than they've done before. And they show you, oh, my God, you're good at those. Try this one. <laughs> um, but it all stems from, you know, yes, thoughts. Yes, believing that you can. Uh, but then you have to back up what you think and believe with what you do. Mm -hmm. I love that. And, yeah. and here's something that's, I think, self-evident, but some people don't think about this is, you know, do we know how, for example, to make a million dollars in growing a business right now, any business? Mm -hmm. uh, the answer is yes. Okay, so the how-to exists. Do we know how to release weight and keep it off in 2021? Uh, yeah. Do we know how to put a woman on the moon and time it within a fraction of a second? Yes. Mm -hmm. Do we know how to have a better relationship if that's where we really want it? Yes. Do we know how to um, leave a job we hate and make the transition and adapt and find and love a job that we love? Yeah. So the how is not the issue mm -hmm. unless you don't know it. Mm. Uh, but it all starts with aligning um, different aspects of our being. Mm. Mm. And that was one of the things that I read in your books was that, you know, a lot of people know how, like we, like if we all know and have access to the how, and this, um, I think from one of your businesses in real estate is where this stemmed from, um, if I'm remembering the context correctly, like you gave like so many people the same trainings, yeah, but not everybody like the results weren't the same for everybody. Can you unpack that a little bit for us? Sure. So when I was building my very first company, I was 26 years young and I'd mm. been a successful real estate agent because I, I learned the skills. I uh, upgraded my mindset using, you know, the process that I now teach and have an entire body of work on mm. uh, that my new book, Inner Size, is all about. Um, when I was hiring um some of the best personal development gurus in the world to mm -hmm. speak to my, I had 1,200 salespeople in my company and 85 offices. I would hire people like who, like what I do now, I would hire people like me, you know, back, you know, back then, you know, 30 some odd years ago. And um, everybody would be motivated. Everybody would be high-fiving, writing out their goals. Oh my God, what I just learned was incredible. It's going to change my life. I'm going to make so much more money. I'm going to get the awards. I'm going to take my trip, my kids on a trip and my family on a trip, blah, blah, blah. And they were excited for about a week. And then behavior went back to normal. I go, wow, motivation lasts a very short period of time. And when I dove deeper into what is the difference between people who set goals from people who achieve goals, are there things that we know about, you know, this biocomputer, right? A hundred mm. billion dollar organism called our brain. And every brain works the same way, unless there are you know, anomalies, but 99.9% .9 of brains work the same way, like, you know, engines to a car, right? 99% mm -hmm. work the same way. Yeah, um, combustion. Of course, there's, yeah. There's, so functionally, they work the mm. same way. So I said, what is it that is holding my agents back? Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And at the time we were, you know, what caused this question is we were stuck and we were stuck in a really good place. So don't get me wrong. We were doing 1.2 billion a year in sales uh, after five years, mm-hmm. uh, but we were stuck. And I was like, why are we stuck? I'm giving them the training, the motivation The back then was cassette tapes with, you know, how to list homes, how to sell homes, what to say. If they say this, you say that. If this happens, do this instead. It's like, and we were training, 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 training. Mm. And despite training and helping them upgrade their knowledge and skills and awareness of being a real estate agent, mm-hmm. um, they were stuck. And I could predict with certainty, you know, Mary uh, she's going to win this award this year. Joe is going to win this award. Sally, oh, she makes a hundred grand every year or more. Mm-hmm. We could predict with certainty how many awards in which categories to order a year before we needed them. Wow. Why? And the answer is once we become conditioned, whether it's earning a certain amount, once we become conditioned to looking a certain way, once we become conditioned to living a certain lifestyle, being in a certain relationship, having or not having, you know, debt, um, we repeat patterns as part of our brain's way to conserve energy and to keep us in our homeostasis comfort zone. And so when I started to research, you know, what would it take to break people free from you know, their conditioning. Mm. Um, I had to go back to what my mentor did with me when I was, you know, 19, 20, 21. Mm. And not only did he work on helping me upgrade my knowledge and skills for one hour a day, mm-hmm. he also had me training my brain to develop the beliefs required to achieve the goals. He also worked with me on upgrading my self-image, self-worth, and my self-esteem. He also worked on helping me manage my emotions of doubt and fear and uncertainty as I was getting from one level to the next. Mm. And so every day he and I, you know, would, would do a series of of what today I call inner sizes, mm-hmm. right? To upgrade my capacity as I upgraded my skills. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I became a successful real estate agent, a successful entrepreneur, because I worked on my inner game as much as I did my outer game. So in 1992, mm-hmm. I said, okay, Here's what's happening. They're not stuck because they're not learning what to do. Mm. They're stuck because something is preventing them from applying what they are learning. The adherence. Yeah. Right. So I said, okay. So I took 75 agents from my 1,200. And I said, let's do a little test. Whoever is willing to upgrade their mindset to match the skill set, I'll coach you every day for um, six months. And I'll show you exactly what I did. And you're going to hold each other accountable. We're not going to talk at all about the skills to sell more real estate. Mm-hmm. And I had 75 people pay $3,000 for 100 days of coaching with me and a few people that I put in play to help me. Mm-hmm. And over those next uh, six months, those 75 agents increased sales by $100 million more than they normally did. Whoa. A hundred million, it was almost one and a half million per agent, like 1.3 or 1.4 million extra sales. 
Wow. Over the averages. Now, in that in, in that six months, that translated to about fifty thousand dollars extra for each one of them. Yeah. It translated obviously to me and my company making money, but mm. it proved to me that if we worked on the inner game, we can affect the outer game. Mm. So over the next several years, guess what I did with my other agents? <laughs> we worked on the inner game as much. And our sales went from 1.2 million to 2 million to three and a half to 4.5 billion, sorry, one and a half, 1.2 billion to four and a half billion over the next three years. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. That's the jump that we made. And we didn't have to teach any more selling skills because once they increased their capacity for their self-image, seeing themselves achieving more, Mm. experiencing achieving more, believing achieving more, managing their emotions, they naturally applied what they already knew. And so that was the beginning (laughs) of me getting really into this neuroscience game. And for the last, you know, 40 years, I've been into behavioral neuroscience research, but then applying stuff in my own life, helping my children and family, but then also in the last, I guess, 15 years or so, really, you know, sharing all the lessons to the world of what what we do and how we do it. Man, I... (laughs) I love it. Thank you so much for sharing the background of where all of this comes from. It's yeah, it is inspiring to say the least. Um, And one of the things that, you know, I think it's when you dive like even like when we dive deep into your work, I find, you know, there's this conversation, which is really present, which is where what we're dancing around today as well is, you know, we're all living into this story. You know, there's these stories that we're all living into and the stories themselves have these patterns that are woven into them. And you're just playing out these patterns again and again, based on the stories that we're living into. And at the heart of all of that is what you've just alluded to is the inner work is these beliefs that we're holding. Um, And that's where the inner meets the outer. Is that correct? Beliefs are one one of the four things that hold people back. So, and again, when we get into the uh, you know the neuromechanics, right? So we get into yep. the workings of this organism called your brain. Mm-hmm. Um, there's certain things that um, it does or doesn't do. So if we have a limiting belief, like I'm too young, too old, too white, too black, too Asian, Caucasian, Indian, Indian, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever. Whatever the belief is that may be a limiting or disempowering belief, 
um, beliefs are the lens by which our brain projects and sees the world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so if we have a limiting belief, our brain makes that limiting belief exactly what we see in the world. So we see the evidence of the belief. We don't see the evidence of what's out there. We see the evidence of the belief because our brain deletes or distorts anything that doesn't match with the belief. Because I read somewhere you shared that there was people that went through plastic surgery on their faces and they didn't see themselves as any different. Well, that's because we don't see with our eyes. We see with our brain. Our eyes allow light to come in and our brain is predicting ahead of anything that we do, you know, what is that, right? Our subconscious uh, is processing information at the rate of 400 billion bits of information per second. So if there's a pattern that we see out there, it analyzes it against the pattern that we already have in our memory bank and it fills in the rest in a billionth of a second. So we don't see what there is to see, what we project what we have gotten used to seeing. Mm-hmm. And our brain will delete or distort anything that doesn't match our current internal map of reality. Mm-hmm. But more than that, it'll cause us to see evidence based on our current map of reality. So it looks for cues to confirm confirmation bias the pattern that we already have developed. Now, here's where this gets interesting. Were you born with any beliefs? No. Were you born, you know, with any habits? No. Were you born with any meanings of something, you know, is this good or bad? Will this hurt me or not? Can I eat this or not? Like, you don't know, right? So through the process of learning, and through the process of giving things meanings mm-hmm. and through the process of the emotional experiences we had with our parents, our environment, our teachers, our siblings, we develop these neural patterns. And initially, you know, when we're born for the first three years, you know, we're in the imprinting years, then mm-hmm. we're in the modeling years, then we are in the um, experiential years, and then we are in the reinforcement years. So mm-hmm. after the age of 12 to 15, we're the reinforcement part of our brain's development. So we're just reinforcing patterns and, and our brain doesn't say, is this a good pattern or a bad pattern? Is this yeah. constructive or destructive? No, that's what we're supposed to do. But the part of our brain that becomes wired or conditioned, um, it doesn't make a decision good or bad. It uses senses and experiences and things that hurt us or things that are painful um, or things that are pleasurable to formulate an opinion. Mm. And then that opinion reinforces itself. And then that's all we see. Manifests into reality. Mm-hmm. It manifests into reality. So when we think about limiting beliefs, that's one aspect of it. Mm. But there's also very other powerful. And there's four things that hold us back. What are they? So yeah. The, yeah. So the second one um, is fear. So when we think about the word fear, um, through the neuroscience uh, research um, that, that we do, neuropsychology, um, all of the research shows is about 50 different types of fears. Hmm. Now, why is it important to understand the emotion of fear? Fear is one of our six core emotions. Mm -hmm. So shame is another one. Uh, Disgust is another one, uh, just for example, right? Mm -hmm. So when we have a fear signal, Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. Imagine you're driving your car and your light on your dash pops up. Like, do you ever take a hammer and hit the light? Well, of course not. It's just a signal to maybe your back tire needs some air. Maybe your uh, you know, windshield wiper fluid is low. It's a signal. Hmm. So in the human brain, fear happens to be one of the most um, uh, intense um, signals that is very, very, very sensitive. Why? Well, th that signal is our signal to pay attention that something might be jeopardizing uh, our life and our mm. safety. Something might be um, causing us harm, whether it's physical harm, financial harm, emotional harm, or pain. And mm -hmm. so the signal is highly sensitive. It's evolved for two, 2 million years, mm. and it operates beneath your level of awareness at first. Mm -hmm. So if let's say, I'll give you an example. I was with a friend of mine last night, and I was saying to him, I said, if I um, asked you this question, how would you feel? I said, imagine that I brought a 10-foot python right now you know, um, and I asked you to hold it and to caress and take pictures. What would you do? And we were standing um, here in San Diego um, in La Jolla. He said, I'd freaking jump over this fence and dive into the water. <laughs> yeah. And so I said, okay. And for me, if somebody brought a 10 foot python, I actually go towards it and ask the owner if I can pet it and take a picture with it. Mm. So how is it that you are having that reaction Mm -hmm. And I'm having a move towards reaction. You're, you're having a run away mm -hmm. from reaction. I'm having a move towards reaction. Mm -hmm. And the reason is that the subconscious level, the meaning that I have associated with a 10 foot Python is, oh my God, that's so cool. That's neat. I want to hold it. And the meaning he had was, this is dangerous. It might, you know, wrap itself around me mm -hmm. and kill me. So our brain is processing all incoming stimuli, whether it's through our eyes, our ears, what we touch, um, or what we think about, and it's balancing it against, is this something that can kill me mm -hmm. uh, or cause me pain or discomfort? Or mm -hmm. is this something I'm going to move towards that'll give me plain, uh, pleasure and reward? The response so to the signal. It's in response to the signal. Well, it's in reaction to the signal, mm. right? So, so the thing that we have to understand is, let's say you have a goal. It doesn't matter what that goal is. Let's say it's to double your income. It's to lose weight and look great and feel amazing on the beaches of Melbourne. Um, but let's say on the weight loss one, you've lost weight before, Mm -hmm. and you've gained it back. You mm -hmm. lost weight. People told you how good you looked. You look great. You looked in the mirror, like high-fiving yourself, but then you gained all the weight back and your husband or wife or friend said, what happened? <clears throat> oh, I just got embarrassed. Mm. So now when I'm thinking about losing weight again, there's a memory in my brain that says, if you do this again and you lose the weight and gain it back, you mm. might be embarrassed again. Mm -hmm. You might be disappointed again. You might disappoint your children or your spouse mm. again. So when this memory activates against the goal that I want, in a billionth of a second, I might think twice because I will do more to avoid pain, whether it's real or imagined, than I will to gain pleasure. Mm. 
Why? I'm biologically wired to do that. Mm, so survival. let's take money. Mm. You set a goal. Uh, I want to double my income this month or this year. And you, mm. oh my God, that would be great. Then I can get a new car. I can go on that trip. Uh, I can help my children. I can help my spouse. I can start that business. I can leave my job. And you get really excited, right? Mm. So you've just released a little dopamine in your brain because it's exciting. You may have even released a little adrenaline, which is, which is you know, a little, a little um, energy for you to actually mm. take action. But then in the very next nanosecond, there's a part of your brain, I call it the Frankenstein's monster, right? That says, yeah, but what if you don't achieve it? Um, but what if you fail? Uh, what if you're embarrassed, rejected, ashamed, or ridiculed for that idea? Mm -hmm. Ah, you know what? This job isn't that bad. You know what? I'm making enough money. Who needs a nicer car and this, that trip? It's, it, it, it's winter out, it's summer out. It, it's, we start to rationalize which means that our brain comes up with rational lies why we should stay in our comfort zone. Love that. Now, unless you're paying attention or unless, you know, somebody like me is doing the research to share with you, here's what's actually happening, the mechanics of what's happening. Mm -hmm. Most people just keep on repeating patterns over and over and over again. And they haven't learned the art of awareness first. Mm -hmm. Then they haven't learned the art of interrupting patterns second. Mm -hmm. And then they haven't learned the art of retraining their brain to a higher level of thinking and feeling and behavior. Mm -hmm. And that is not a, um, an, it's, it's, it's not a um, lack of ability issue. It's a lack of skill issue. How to do it. Mm -hmm. Now in the domain of skill, everybody's brain works the same. Teach me the skill. Right. So so we have limited beliefs, we have fear and then we have self image disconnects. Mm. So let's say I want to have X, Y or Z, um, but I really don't feel like I deserve it or I'm worthy of it. So I have this goal that excites me. I want mm -hmm. it. But there's a hidden part of me that says, but, you know, are you really worthy of that? Do you really <laughs> feel you deserve that? So when we come back to, um, you know, when people have had plastic surgery and they don't see the surgery that they did, it's because their brain has a memory of the pattern that's been dominant for one or two or three or 10 or 20 years. So their brain is what sees. And so when they see their initial plastic surgery and they go, wow, did you even touch my face? They're not looking at the image that you and I would see in the mirror or in, in front of They're looking, they're seeing a memory of their face that has been reinforced for as many years as they had their old face. Mm. Does that make sense? Totally. It's a conditioned, like a conditioned response, basically. Right. Yeah. So then the, the question then becomes, well, can I retrain my brain? Yeah. The answer is yes. And this is where, again, where inner size comes in. This is where all my brain training programs I've built for the last 10 years on winning him a money, winning him a fear, winning him a procrastination, winning him a weight loss, winning him a business. It all starts with the re-scripting, reshaping, repatterning the subconscious patterns mm. while you upgrade your knowledge and skills and your behaviors. So mm. now we have a synergistic approach to learning consciously, but retraining our brain subconsciously to match so that we don't sabotage or procrastinate. Mm, get in our own way. Mm -hmm. That's right. Mm -hmm. And the fourth one there, John? Knowledge and skills. Mm -hmm. So when I don't have the knowledge and skills, 
to achieve the goal that I want, mm -hmm. well, then I have doubt. And when I have doubt, I have uncertainty. And when I have uncertainty, a uh, trigger in our brain, a circuit in our brain says, okay, you have doubt and uncertainty, which means there may be some pain associated with you mm. trying to achieve this. So in a state of doubt or fear or uncertainty, the circuit gets activated as a protective mechanism to make you aware. Mm. Because you're lacking the knowledge and the skills, okay, I'm going to activate the brakes in your brain so that you don't proceed because you might get spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically, or financially hurt. Mm. So mm. it says you might get hurt. So in our brain, the part of our brain that's causing this to happen, it doesn't differentiate between real or imagined. Mm. It just says, here is the potential or the probability if it's happened before. Mm. And what I'm so hearing also is the negative predictive. probability is, is blown out a little bit as well, yeah? Right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back to, um, you know, to, a, to a story around snakes again. And that's why I, I use it. Many years ago when we did a, um, I used to do live events. Um, one of the, um, uh, there was, we brought on a 10-foot python to weigh 300 pounds. It was about a 12-foot python. And this one Just casually. Woman <laughs> Just a live event with John. <laughs> One woman got up and ran to the other side of the auditorium that we were in. Mm. And um, she was in her 60s from the Philippines. And, um, and when, I, when I saw that she was running away, I was like, why, are you, why, why do you have such a reaction to a snake? Right? And so I asked them to put the snake you know, backstage. We were actually doing an event. Um, and part of the event was fear factor. So we had people either, you know, touch a tarantula or let tarantula crawl, crawl on their arms or a snake. We had uh, worms that people ate and stinky cheese that people ate. And this woman, you know, took off and, and I said, do you mind if I interview you on stage? And she says, yeah, sure. And she's looking for the snake, like, like it's going to come screaming, you know, crawling out. And um, I said, like, uh, how did you develop such a fear of snakes? She goes, television. I go, television? You ran across the auditorium to get away from the snake. What do you mean television? And she went on to share that when she was a young girl, her brother and sister, she and her brother and sister were watching a movie. And in the movie, in the Philippines, on black and white TV, this snake killed some of the villagers. Mm. And she associated snakes with killing and dying and then her brother and sister taunted her that the snake was going to come and get her that night she had never seen a real snake she had never touched a real snake just this one incident on tv mm. created this feeling with her of being petrified mm -hmm. because of the association snake equals me dying mm -hmm. of course mm -hmm. she'd get up and run of course so she didn't have the skill, the knowledge or the skill of what to do with the snake. So we did a little repatterning with her for about 20 minutes. And then we brought the snake out and she was calm and she was petting it and she was taking pictures and she was kissing the snake 20 minutes later. Wow. Because we helped her understand what was causing it. Mm -hmm. Then we helped access part of her brain that had the associations we did some repatterning work with her. Mm -hmm. And within 20 minutes, she was like, yeah, I, lo I love snakes. Oh my God, they're beautiful.
Mm-hmm. And we did that with several other people that had fear of snakes. But again, the story is not about snakes. The last part was she didn't have the right information, the right knowledge, and she didn't have the skill of how to overcome it. And she didn't know what to do. So she did what she was normally uh, used to doing is just she was a runner, right? And when the fear circuits activated, the uncertainty circuits activated, the doubt circuit is activated in our brain, we will flee, run away, which mm-hmm. she did. We will freeze, which some people did, you know, yeah. or we'll try to fight it. Mm-hmm. And that's our fear response. That That is part of what every human being is biologically wired to do. And there's actually some people that will faint. Mm. Fight, flight, freeze, or faint. faint. The four acts. Gotcha. So where you're alluding to, um, and you've mentioned words like, you know, disrupting the associations, you know, I got a little bit around before around, you know, there's awareness um, is kind of the first point, And then we know we can interrupt it and then retrain. Is there a model attack of approach? Like what is your attack of approach? Is it universal across the four um, different ways that we we limit ourselves or is it unique to each different one how do we actually go about approaching so that we can disrupt these patterns and create new better ones yeah there's a variety of different uh, ways to do it so um one of the methodologies um is first and foremost when you're you're in a state of procrastination doubt uh, anxiety stress Mm -hmm. like what do we know about that state from a brain perspective and nervous system perspective, right? So again, if I was to move aside and I just said to you, okay, talk to my brain, because that's what you're talking to, right? Mm-hmm. right? So th- this is what you're actually talking to. And there's a nervous system at the bottom of the brain stem uh-huh. that's divided into two, two parts. One is the sympathetic nervous system, which is mm-hmm. our fight, flight, freeze, reactive side of us. Then we have our parasympathetic, which is our ability to relax and respond. Mm. So in a reactive state of fear, anxiety, stress, oh my God, where we're constricted, when we're Mm. breathing shallowly, when our heartbeats increase, when we start to sweat, we know that that's the sympathetic nervous system. The sympathetic Mm. nervous system is active. Mm. So the process is first to deactivate that neural pattern, that nervous system. And a simple way to do that is uh, breathing. So we know that when we're in that active state of reacting in the form of stress or anxiety, uh, when we even talk about the word stress, the definition of stress is when the demand exceeds your capacity. So when the demand exceeds your current capacity, it triggers stress, Mm. which can be in the form of anxiety, could be a form of doubt, fear, uh, uncertainty, um, or or panic in some cases. So I can deactivate that part of my brain since I have a brain, but I'm not my brain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How? Uh, Inner size number one in my book, and um, what I teach almost every one of our clients, Mm -hmm. is we take six breaths through your nose as slowly as you can. Deep, 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 bring it in. Hold it for one or two seconds. And then as you breathe out, pretend there's a straw in your mouth and breathe it like you're breathing out through a straw as slowly as you can. 
Just feel yourself melting, releasing the stress. Do that six times. We can actually see blood flow moving away from that part of the brain, the Frankenstein brain, and moving back towards what I call the Einstein brain. We can actually see the blood flow. When that stress response, fear response, anxiety response, doubt response, uncertainty response activates, we can actually see blood moving away from the motivational cortex of the brain, moving away from the behavioral center of the brain. And then in a state of calmness, now I've just brought online my Einstein brain, my executive director, my CEO, my mm. power center of my brain. And then if I go to inner size number two, mm. inner size number two is called Aya. The first one's called take six, calm the circuits first. Mm. Inner size number two is called Aya. And Aya is A-I-A stands for this in an aware state. Mm-hmm aware of my thoughts, emotions, feelings, sensations, and behaviors mm. without judgment, blame, shame, guilt, or justification. Mm. In an aware state, if I could be aware of a pattern that has just happened, mm-hmm. that caused me to be triggered, mm. and if I didn't judge myself, but I just was in a nice, calm, aware state, in that calm state, I can say, okay, Hmm. I was just stressed, anxious, uncertain, doubtful, fearful that I might lose, I might fail, I might be embarrassed, I might be ashamed, I might be ridiculed, I might disappoint myself calmly. Hmm. What's my intention? That's the I. So A is for awareness. I is for intention. My intention is to be self-confident. My intention is to be focused on my vision and my goals. My intention is on focus on being productive the next 15 minutes. My intention is to take inspired action. Awesome. Got the intention now. So now we have the right part of our brain working, the -hmm. orchestra leader with an intention. And the second A in Aya is what is one small action step I could take towards what I want Mm. and away from what I don't want. So in a reactive state, I am going to behave based on my highest level of skill in that state. Mm. So now I'm going to deliberately and consciously evolve myself through awareness, intention, and small action steps towards what I want. So those two simple to do inner sizes now allow me to control my brain better Mm -hmm. which is my $100 billion organism. And now I'm going to direct it versus allowing it, which has been conditioned by my parents, grandparents, teachers, siblings, what's worked, what hasn't worked, what makes me comfortable or not in my past, I'm going to override its natural, normal, easy to follow pattern to conserve energy. And keep me in homeostasis. So in the inter in the awareness and the interruption of the pattern and the deliberate choice of what I do want versus mm-hmm. what I don't like or want, now I'm evolving myself. And if I did that for the next hundred days, mm-hmm. I would have a new pattern that became a dominant pattern. 
and my old patterns will start to dissipate. So those are just two simple inner sizes. And I call, if you do one, it's an inner size. If you do two or three or four or five together, it's called an inner size stack. Nice. So for anybody who, right? So for anybody who, you know, has done any weight training, you know, and you maybe do, you know, some sit-ups and some crunches and some, some stuff, you're doing maybe three different exercises for your abs or three mm-hmm. different exercises for your chest or for your cardio. Well, inner sizes you can do to increase your focus, your awareness, your beliefs, your habits, your Mm self-confidence. And so uh, we can develop, and I've developed a bunch of inner sizes to be able to strengthen your mind where it may be weak in certain areas. Mm. And so I... I love it. And I, I love that it's just one small action. You know, I often find just, you know, when I calm down, I center, even just like writing things down for like the next day, like writing a to-do list, like even just brings the energy out of my head into reality or just sending off an email or sending an email to my PA saying, Hey, I need you to hold me accountable for this, you know, just like small little tasks. Um, I love that. And I think just to sort of remind everybody, you know, <laughs> the context of small actions from someone that's built five multi-million dollar companies, like let that really come home to you. Yeah. Um, the, one of the things and, that and, I want to, hmm. let me just, let me just say something. You will never get really great at the complex stuff. If you don't master the simple stuff, hmm. you just won't, you can't master complexity without mastering simplicity first. Hmm. I love that. Right. So let's start with easy stuff that I can do Mm -hmm. that I can override my brain to say, I don't feel like it. Mm -hmm. Um, And let's reduce the resistance so that we take inspired action instead of move away from it. Mm. I love that, John. And so the, the resistance pieces is what I wanted to ask you a little bit about as well, because I know like, you know, having that awareness, setting that intention, coming back to our breath, like initially coming back to exercise one, inner size one is to come back to our breath and then having that awareness, working with intention, you know, oftentimes when we try to set a new behavior or approach a new way of being, you know, we may stick to it for a week, we may stick to it for two weeks, we may stick to it for three weeks, but then over time, you know, you mentioned this earlier, sometimes motivation starts to dissipate. How long does it take for us to entrench a new uh, behavioral pattern in and any tips in terms of us not slipping um, in towards that, that effort? Sure. Um, 66 days to 365 days is the new research, depending Mm -hmm. on um, how complex it is. Um, you know, within your own neural circuits. Mm -hmm. So we know that um, there are accelerators, you know, so we can visualize ourselves, and visualization is simulation, you know, spaced repetition, you know, repetition um, is the mother of learning and skill, Mm -hmm. but whatever we practice, we make permanent. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we want to set ourselves up to be able to do you know, a hundred days of something. And one of the things I teach all of my students is at first, you know, the habit is more important than intensity or duration at first. Mm. And you're already 100% disciplined to your current habits. So if we want to um, develop a new habit, whether it's of, you know, being more aware or behaving a different way, what is the minimum that you can commit to doing that you will stick to for a hundred days? Just give me the minimum. Let's start there. And and, and then let me, I'll teach you some tricks. Um, 
uh, a trick this morning, okay? And, and I've been using this for years. I was on the um, Stairmaster working out mm -hmm. this morning and um, uh, I'm getting ready for a ski trip. So I, 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 um, I exercise a lot more, especially my cardio and my legs before a ski trip. And mm -hmm. so I'm on doing my Stairmaster, which, would, uh, which I normally do. And then today was interval training at a higher level intensity. And so, you know, I did several uh, 30 second, 45 second, one minute high intensity, um, you know, very, very fast intervals. And at one point I said, okay, I'm going to stop right now. And then I caught myself and I said, just do 15 more seconds. Hmm. Right. So I became aware of my self-talk. Then I overrode my self-talk and I didn't just do 15 more seconds. I did 30 more seconds. <laughs> So the very fact that I, I wanted to quit, mm. right? Like I was, I was, I was breathing. I was panting heavy. <laughs> I wanted to quit. Right. And I heard the self-talk. I did mm -hmm. an override. I said 15 more seconds. I ended up doing 30. I did that mm. several times and I ended up with a much better workout because I've practiced that. Mm -hmm. So when I feel like quitting, when I feel like saying no, I just say, I know, but let's just do a little bit. Mm-hmm. So that's my go-to next step when I hear it mm -hmm. and we all hear it. So we all, our greatest growth comes at our point of resistance. It doesn't come in doing the same thing. Our greatest growth comes from being resistant mentally, emotionally, physically, whatever, and then pushing past that and pushing past that and pushing past that until we've developed a new comfort zone and pattern. So if you don't feel like it, say, I know, but just do a little bit. Mm. I don't feel like doing that. I say, I know, but what's a little bit that I can do and I want to do? Well, nothing. Well, I know it's nothing, but what's just a little bit? Can you do 10 seconds? Ah, sure, I could do 10 seconds. <laughs> Even that is better than saying no to yourself because then your old patterns are controlling you versus you controlling them. So when we say yes to ourselves, when we just push a little bit more, then we just built some self-trust with us that we can give ourselves a command and do it. We've just mm -hmm. built some self-confidence. We've just built some certainty that we can override this little, you know, gremlin in our head, okay, that wants to keep us stuck. Mm -hmm. And when we realize I'm not my thoughts, I'm not my feelings, I'm not my emotions, I'm not my behaviors, I have all of those, I'm going to gravitate towards the ones that are normal and easy for me. Mm -hmm. And then anything outside of that, there's going to be resistance. And when I have resistance, here's my playbook. Mm. Very few people have a playbook. Mm. Their playbook is to succumb. Mm -hmm. No, no, your playbook needs to override. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Man, and that's this, brain training for you. I love that. Thank you so much. And there's uh, one of the biggest takeaways I've gotten from you just like following your work for so long is the, the conversation around progress versus perfection. And, and you've been talking Correct. about that for a while. So one of the key things that I'm actually hearing and one of the things um, that really, um, this, I wish there was a, um, I don't know why I wish there was a different word for it, but literally something that healed me, John, um, in your work that I, when I was tuning into it um, was, you know, I've had people say that affirmations don't work. Yeah. Like I've had this again and again, people go, you know, when you, when you tell yourself consistently things, because there's a little niggly voice in the back of your head that goes, yeah, bullshit. You know, it's like, I'm empowered. Yeah. But bullshit. You wouldn't have to tell yourself that if you are that, you know, and it's like, you're yeah, bullshit. And following your work, it was like, 
you, you know, you quite clearly call out, yeah, there is an inner critic in there. Oh. And yes, that's happening, but don't give up on your, because that, that made that encouraged me to sort of say, oh, maybe affirmations don't work because I do hear that inner voice, but it's like, no, 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 no. That inner voice does exist. It's just a matter of letting this program supersede this program given a certain period of time. Is that correct? Yeah. So I, I want you to just, for just a second, ask yourself this question or a couple of questions. This is for everybody, right? Are you your hand? And the answer is, well, I'm not my hand. Are you your heart? Uh, well, no, I have a heart. You know, uh, are you your kidneys? Well, no, I, ha I have kidneys. Well, are you your brain? And the answer is, no, you're not your brain. There's another part of you that... When you get in touch with that spiritual intelligence within you, you can say, okay, I have a hand or two. I have a heart. I have kidneys. I have a brain. And my brain's been conditioned, and this is how it works. And I could understand how it works, and then I could override what it naturally wants to do because I understand why it's doing it. Mm. So if I say to you, um, that when you do an affirmation, um, chances are you're going to feel uncomfortable at first. You may have, you know, negative self-talk. You may have fear. You may have doubt. You may have uncertainty. You may have, you know, this emotion and even the self-talk that you're not good enough for that and you don't deserve that. Take that for just a moment, set it aside and play a game with me, okay? And this is for everybody. I want you to imagine that you are sitting at a cafe, you know, when things open up and you can sit at a cafe safely. And across from you, maybe five, six tables across from you, there's a um, Hollywood or Bollywood or an actor or actress uh, or even a sports celebrity that you just like, oh my God, that, that person, I like, I just love their work. And imagine they looked at you and they waved. And then they uh, sent you to come over and you went over and they go, hey, listen, um, we're just sitting here and there's two of them sitting there and you know that we, we're just sitting, we have this script. This happens to be my exceptional life blueprint. But let's mm -hmm. imagine this is a script for a, a short little movie, okay, that they want to make. Mm -hmm. And they said, listen, we've been reading the script. We think it's phenomenal. And we just looked at you and you seem like the character, one of the characters in this script and um, do you act? And you say, no, no, I don't act. I mean, I have some fun. I like TV. I like movies. And they said to you, listen, um, if you uh, read the script and you like it, um, we're willing to offer you one million, either Aussie dollars, US dollars, whatever, or 10 million, mm -hmm. if you just learn this five-minute script, and then we'll, we'll give you a coach. Uh, we'll give you the research that you need to understand the script. Uh, you just need to memorize the script. And you said, oh, my God. Uh, okay. What would you do after the contract was signed and you got a 50% deposit for the million dollars, 500 grand in your account? What would you do on day one to take something you have never resonated with because you've never seen it? What would you do with words on a piece of paper that you had to learn how to recite without memory? I'm sorry, without uh, the paper in front of you because a TV camera is going to be in front of you. Like, what would you do to become that role if you were serious? You'd be reading it. Uh, how often? 
or like religiously. <laughs> but what if you felt uncomfortable at first? Well, I mean, what if you, you took it and, it and it said something like, my relationship with our entire Neurogym team is rock solid and built on trust, mutual respect and love. Ooh, who would write that for their, you know, for their thing about their business? We are building a high performance team that people love to be a part of. My relationship with the people who follow my work is fun and invigorating and fulfilling. We are strategically, like if that was a script that you've never heard before, and <laughs> you had to memorize it and feel it and then play the role of a successful business owner, a successful entrepreneur or, or whatever. Could you do it with practice and coaching and commitment? Mm, yes. So that means that I could take something that somebody else wrote mm -hmm. and I can make it part of who I am. And with practice, I can actually get in front of a camera and say my body and all its organs were created by the infinite intelligence in my subconscious mind. It knows how to heal me. I can recite something that was on a piece of paper and make it mine and have somebody else believe that I believe that. And maybe I would even start to believe it. And if I impressed it, something that took conscious effort at first, and I impressed it in my subconscious mind so that I could recite it on command out of a dead sleep. Do you think maybe that's what an affirmation could be like, mm -hmm. or a vision or goals could be like now? Uh, affirmations don't work for people who don't know the process or don't know how to practice to make it part of who they are. Mm -hmm. They believe and allow their current identity and stories and beliefs to control them instead of them determining what beliefs, what habits, what self-image, what story they want to make real. Mm -hmm. So in the absence of knowledge and skills, Shit doesn't work for people. Mm -hmm. In the absence of knowing the algorithms, people don't know how to solve Rubik's cubes, even though they're solvable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, in order to solve this, you better be prepared to practice. Mm -hmm. uh, th this one, you know, much much easier. You know, the two by twos that fit into the two by twos, much easier. But the three by three, four by four, five by five. Uh, you want a magical, amazing life? Um, you better be prepared to practice and to learn, mm -hmm. you know, to play at that level. I love that. And focus on starting with it simple. And then if you can handle simplicity, then you can grow to the complexity. Right. Yeah. Let's, let's see if you can start with giving yourself a command and having the self-discipline to follow through to completion. Mm. You can't do that. Don't expect any of the real good stuff to come your way. Mm. John, brother, thank you so much for your time, your energy, your blessings with us here today. But nay, to be honest with you, all of us tuning in are hyper aware of the fact that it's not just a day's conversation that you're sharing with us. This is a lifetime's body of work that we're just, you know, that informs this conversation and the grace with which how much ground we've covered today, man, thank you so much for sharing yourself so abundantly with us. And just again, helping everybody achieve even more again and again, you know, just from the inner world and providing so much context in your outer world for us to believe that the inner work really works, man. Really kudos. Thank you so much for your blessing. 
things. And on behalf of everybody, myself and the Inspired Evolution community, the hundreds of thousands of people that are tuning in, we all want to wish you all the best for everything that's coming up. For those that are tuning in, we'll put in links to the inner size book. You heard only two of the inner sizes here today. There is many more inner sizes in the inner size book to help you break through um, the barriers that are holding you back so that you can achieve your life's biggest goals and dreams. And we'll add the link to that in the show notes for you to grab a hold of. And if you want to get in touch with John, what's the best place to do that online, John? Is it NeuroGym? Uh, myneurogym.com is my company, myneurogym.com. And then um, I'm on Instagram every day, you know, posting stuff. Uh, I'm on Clubhouse now, cool. uh, you know, doing stuff there. Uh, I'm on uh, Twitter, on my Facebook fan page at, at John Asraf, which is both Instagram and Facebook. Um, and so, you know, come check out my work and let's have some fun. For sure, guys. Get engaged. We've just scratched the surface. There is such a depth to the body of work here. You will not be disappointed. Thanks again, John. Thank you, my friend. Thanks for listening in to another amazing episode of the Inspired Evolution. If you're loving these episodes, make your way across to YouTube, click subscribe. Fresh episodes are launched every Monday with highlights being released throughout the week. Thank you so much. And hey guys, just so you know, a lot of love, heart, soul and work goes into these episodes. So if you could, please leave us a five-star review and comment on iTunes. I love reading your positive feedback. It fans the flames of the passion to continue to create and help you live the life that you love. Thank you so much for your wonderful feedback. I can't wait to see you again in the next episode. Big love from Amrit. And remember to stay inspired to evolve. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.